Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So it happened as you were expecting, right? As the news was, you heard Jeff Passon talking about it. Buster Only was telling us about it as well. Good morning, New York City on the pier. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guys join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll get Buster in here in a moment. But uh, as we were, we knew what would happen starting yesterday in Major League Baseball. As umpires were going to start checking pitchers and Coincidentally, it's the best pitcher in the game that was checked yesterday right out of the gate, Jacob DeGrom, who uh, did make his start after, remember, he left his previous start with uh, an injury uh, or at least some soreness in the shoulder, but no issues there. So back at it and, of course, still back at uh, just dominating the way he was dominating. But after his first inning, he walks off and the umpire comes up to him, let me check your hat, let me check your glove, your belt. It was kind of a funny situation. He laughed about it. Handle it, I think, in the best way you could possibly handle it, right? Just all you can do is kind of laugh. Uh, obviously, nothing was found. He still went back to dominating. And the Mets got the win in the first of the doubleheader. Afterwards, DeGrom talking about whether or not he was surprised that he got checked. Oh, we don't have that just yet? Okay, we'll get that in a minute. But still, his pitching, his performance, he's the one guy that – if anybody's using the sticky stuff as they've been talking about, you know, you'd think the way he's been dominating, is it him? Would he be someone? Other pitchers that have been named, um, including obviously the Yankees ace, that they feel like it affects spin rate. Spin rate's been the biggest thing with the sticky stuff, right? Whether it's a uh, spider tech or whatever else that they're using. Um, that's been the major issue in the sport. But DeGrom clearly not using any of it. He's gone, guys, 30 straight innings with uh, sh- 30 straight shutout innings. He's uh, th- uh, two and two-thirds innings away from the franchise mm-hmm. uh, record. Ridiculous. But still, like he's not a guy that definitely you, you would suspect. And uh, we do have the sound now. This is him just talking about the, being surprised about being checked. Um, you know, they said going into it they were going to check, and, um, you know, I expected it. Um, you know, it is what it is, and they wanted to go ahead and check, and that was fine. And then his interaction with the umpires uh, while he was being inspected. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what the impact's going to be. Uh, but I said, you know, what, what, do you, what all do you guys need? Um, you know, I, glove, hat, and belt, they said. So um, I handed them that stuff and then went along my way. I mean, you would think at this point, if any pitcher is caught, I mean, you're a damn fool. Like, you've been warned. <laughs> but it's like everything else, though, right, Man. Buster? I mean, Buster, when you think about it. Right, Buster it, only joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. It, 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 people in life, you say, well, you got to be a damn fool to think you're going to get away with that. This dude next to you got caught. Yep. But it doesn't matter. They still go out there and do it. Yeah, I've got my theories on that. And let's get to that in a little bit. But just to talk about, uh, just talk about last night. Uh, and what happened, it, it was probably for Major League Baseball, in some, circ- in some respect, a dream scenario that the coincidence was the first pitcher to be checked was the best pitcher on the planet. Yeah. Because then the message could come down, you know what, we're checking everybody. It's going to be the random DUI checks. We're going to check each starting pitcher twice. Uh, we're going to check every relief pitcher. We're checking everybody the rest of the year, and we want it to be unobtrusive. And that a lot of the voices coming out of the games last night were about that, that uh, Bob Melvin, the Oakland manager, saying it surprised him how it really was sort of seamless because they do it as the pitchers are coming off during the commercial break. It's real quick. They look at the stuff, and then they let them go along their way. Now, Key, I will tell you, I, I, I agree with what you're implying right there that – Yes, somebody could say, you know what? 
I'm the relief pitcher who's 31 years old. I bounced around the minor leagues a while. Oh, my God, I can't throw my curveball without the foreign substance. Maybe I can try to think of a way to, to put it inside in, in some place where the umpires aren't going to check. Maybe that risk-reward for me is a little different than one of these elite pitchers. Because as Charles Barkley said last week, what, you get suspended for this 10 days with pay? As he texted me, that's a vacation. No, it really, it really truly is <laughs> with a vacation pay. with pay. On top of that, it, how appropriate though? I mean, I, yes, they they check Jacob Degrom. Clearly, he's been dealing on everybody all year long, and then some. But how appropriate was it just to check him first? Uh, I think it just absolutely was this crazy coincidence that the Mets happen to be playing this makeup game and have this doubleheader, and on this Monday that they started uh, you know, re- started to do these checks on June 21st. The Mets played the first game, and even after all these physical issues, guess who was on the mound? Mm-hmm. It was Jacob deGrom. And I think it's absolutely appropriate if you are baseball and you're trying to let everybody know, look, we think this is a major problem, and we're going to address this. We're going to do these checks. And, and look, over the last week, most of the voices we've heard are from pitchers, Tyler Glasnow, Garrett Cole, there's a silent group of players, mostly silent group of players on the other side, the position players who are saying, finally, we need this. We need to have a level playing field because the pitcher uh, domination had gotten completely out of hand. Buster, five more shutout innings for DeGrom. I, I mean, <sighs> how, how, do you, how do you even begin to describe what we're all witnessing here? Jay, it's fun. Like, what the Jacob DeGrom we're seeing right now is the best pitcher that we've ever seen. That start last night was the embodiment of his surgical precision in how he pitches because he dominates that corner low and away to right-handed hitters, and at low and in to left-handed hitters like nobody that we've seen since Mariano Rivera. And Rivera was a relief pitcher who did it one inning at a time. He threw 70 pitches last night, 60 we're in that spot, low and away, and the Braves were completely helpless. Some numbers for you. He's faced 250 hitters this year. He struck out 117 of those, 47%. And think about these numbers. Against the one, two, and three batters in the, uh, on opposing teams, that's the first, second, and third hitters in opposing lineups, those guys are six for 89 with 45 strikeouts. They've scored one run. We're in the middle of June. One run for the first three hitters in opposing lineups. And you know what? We're showing it right now, right? Like on the screen on ESPN News, right? So you see the ERA at .50 right now. The strikeouts at 117. Uh, but the strikeouts per nine, 14.6. Let's compare it to the league average, right? So his .5, the league averages of ERA is 4.12. The whip, right, is .51. The league average is 1.28. And then the strikeouts per nine, 14.6. The league average is 9.2. Like, that's the kind of dominance we're talking about. And, and again, this is without using sticky stuff and all that other, you know, all the other secrets and, and uh, tricks of the trade that they're trying to take out of the sport. With that in mind, um, you know, again, when you just think about the difference, like what, what we're seeing here, it, we don't see a difference in his performance. But since you came out with the report a couple of weeks ago, since obviously uh, the, the, the league put out the memo, are we seeing, though, a change in spin rate? Yes. The spin rate is down. The batting averages are up. The other day I got a text message from a coach who said, have you seen so-and-so? And And he was referring to a high-profile reliever in the American League East 
who has suddenly has gone from being Superman to Clark Kent. And this particular reliever is all of a sudden struggling to throw high fastballs, command high fastballs, because that's the sense you get from staffers. The two pitches that are most affected are high fastballs, forcing fastballs that uh, pitchers have been beating hitters with top of the zone. If you could command that, you're going to beat a lot of these hitters who are using launch angle or curveballs. And it does seem like there are a lot of pitchers, a lot of relievers in particular, who are being dramatically affected by this in terms of being able to command the ball. Now, maybe they'll find some way to adjust for that, but I do think we're going to see a a rise in the performance of offensive players moving forward because they're not seeing the 98-mile-an-hour wiffle balls like they did earlier in the year. Uh, Buster, I've been hanging around Alan Hahn oh last couple months or whatnot, so the germ spreading is starting to carry over to me <laughs> to try to create gossip as I'm learning this business uh, with Alan. And and I I want to know, and you tell me, a, a, a two-seam fastball that I need control of, a curveball that I need control of, a slider that I need control of, can I, if I'm a catcher, can I help my pitcher <laughs> by having maybe some sort of foreign substance <laughs> as I throw the ball back to him? Can can are they going to get to that point as they continue to try to cheat along the way? <laughs> yeah, baseball lore is filled with stories of catchers helping out pitchers. You know, whether that's as they draw their hand back to throw it back to the pitcher, scraping the surface against the their shin guard or maybe putting some foreign substance on it. Look, we had Bill Miller on our Sunday night broadcast the other day, and he said that generally speaking, they're not looking to be aggressively checking position players, but he pointed out catchers in particular, yeah, they're going to be looking down. And look, they're right in front of them, and if they see pine tar, some, something else uh, on their body, on their shin guard, on their uh, chest protector, on their belt, then they will basically come down with a hammer on those guys if they think catchers are breaking that rule. Mm. Buster, Javi Baez, we go back to this. We, we laughed about Tom Brady not knowing how many downs. We, we laughed about J.R. Smith not knowing what the score was in an NBA Finals game. We laughed about uh, what, which team was it that, that didn't – they ran the bases wrong. I mean, we've had a lot the of Pirates. things that we've seen. Was that Pirates? The Pirates always screwing up base running and everything else. But, but <laughs> Javi Baez not knowing how many outs and not knowing situation for a player of his caliber, I mean, what you saw David Ross doing by benching him, you know, like what, what, where have we reached with Javi Baez and maybe their lack of losing patience with him in Chicago? I'd say this, um, you know, just having known David Ross for a long time, having worked with him at ESPN, uh, he's someone who is eminently fair. But as he said, the day that he took over a job and he became the manager to a lot of players that he was a teammate teammate of at one point, if I have to do something, if I have to say something, if I think it's the right thing to do, I will do that. Uh, I think what that probably, and I haven't talked to Rossi, but I think what probably bothered him more than a than the than Javi forgetting how many outs there were, which happens, I don't want to say on a regular basis, but it's that's not uncommon. I think it was the There's response once he realized <laughs> that he messed up. He just kind of gave it a wave, like ah, uh, and he didn't try to go back. I suspect that that probably is the reason why Rossi pulled him out and wanted to send a message. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I know. We, we laugh because there's a scoreboard uh, that tells you. Big-ass <laughs> like, scoreboards, really large <laughs> ones, too, with big numbers everywhere in stadiums. But it is amazing. Hey, again, Tom Brady didn't know how many downs. So if Tom Brady can screw up. Well, he was he was using the Tom method, though, trying to get one over. You think that worked out well for him, though. Yeah, it ended up working out well yeah. for him, yeah. 
Buster, we thank you as always for your time and perspective. Go Dodgers, Buster. All right, Go Buster. Dodgers. See you guys. Right. <laughs> Take care. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverage for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. People are watching and people are listening and acceptance. It's going to be what enables other athletes to come out in the future. It's a big story. It happened right after our show, like, you know, about an hour or so, right? After our show, not even, where this story came out yesterday. <laughs> Choice words there is... Uh, Carl Nassib, who's a defensive end for uh, the Raiders, took to Instagram to come out as gay, to make that announcement, to make it you know, something that he felt like he needed to say. And what was, to me, again, the most interesting part of it was that he felt the need to do it and that a lot of people's reactions were positive, as they should be, supportive. Now, one thing also to, to point out here that I think is also very important not to glaze over at all is – him pledging $100,000 to what is the Trevor Project, and that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ plus community. And that's something that you can't just say in passing because him feeling the need to come out and say, uh, tell the world who he is, is a secret that a lot of people live with and then the anxiety that comes with it and everything else. And so that's the example, is that him just providing that example. But guys, as we talk about this story, I think that's something that also needs to be discussed, is the fact that people are going to look and say, well, he's going to be a leader now. He, he's the first guy to play. He, he's going to represent the community and all that stuff. No. He said he's a private person who doesn't really do things for attention, but he felt he needed to do this. I think for him... It's let's watch a guy now just exhale and be himself and not have to worry about hiding something about his past because he's worried about how people will react. And I wonder, as we talked about, Key, Mm -hmm. how much this would be either welcomed in a locker room or maybe just like, okay, move on. Right? Like, it's not like something that it has to be – does it have to be discussed in the locker room at all? Does it have to be something – you know, guys, that, that you, you need to have a, a, a chat. Does he need to walk in the locker room of a training camp and talk to everybody? Or does it no. just no? Oh, there, there's Carl. Hey, man, and that's it. His his teammates. If if, if I'm a betting man, hadn't been in locker rooms, his teammates probably knew what was up. It's none of their business. They don't get involved in a man's personal life like that, especially on the hate side. That's just not. That's not a locker room. It doesn't go down like that. You know, um, it's support. It's we with you. You with us. We. It's mm. whatever i mean big deal okay so so what we playing football man that's your life what you like we love you you one of us let's go let's go knock some heads off together that's that's pretty much the the way that i saw things in a locker room when i played i mean it wasn't it's was, it was support it really truly is um you know hats off to him much like you said you know the weight off the shoulders. That's that's the that's the one thing in all of this that I like is that he doesn't have to carry or feel like right. certain things. You know, he doesn't have to feel like oh my god, when 
when everybody else is is leaving uh, the the locker room or well, you go to a Christmas the team Christmas party. Yeah, see, that have to feel like that. And you feel weird because no, like, you don't have to feel that way. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, you don't have show to feel up as you, you want. You, you don't have to feel that way, and that's the that's the beauty of it. And, and you know, you're gonna always Jay. You're gonna always have a few knuckleheads. That's just reality. That's life. That's what it is. You're gonna always have some immature dummy in a locker room who's 22, 23 years old that don't quite get that this is. And I always go six, seven months ahead. This is 2022. We living in now, man. This ain't 1950 something anymore. This is not what that is. So, you know, hats off to him. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see him play again. Yeah, I, I thought yesterday was a, a really big deal. And I thought Carl not only spoke for himself, but in his IG note, um, he, he really delivered a, a small little uh, stat that I, I, I thought really spoke about the significance of him using his platform to talk about this. And it says, Studies have shown that all it takes is one accepting adult to decrease the risk of an LGBTQ kid attempting suicide by 40%. Whether you're a friend, a parent, a coach, or a teammate, you can be that person. So is Carl going to be the leader of the free world as it, re- as it relates to taking on this mantle? No, I don't think so. But I think the more people are open to having these conversations goes to exactly what his note amplified. Right? It's about helping other people as well be comfortable in their own skin and decreasing that risk of suicide for uh, really a narrative that's been taboo in our country for a very, very long time. And yeah. as it relates, Keith, to the, to the locker room, I, I don't care what anybody says. I would pray that the ultimate support comes from teammates. But, Key, as you and I know, um, there are knuckleheads in the world, and there are people that I'm sure – um, will say things because whenever you're a pioneer and you're blazing a path, it's never that easy. But you would hope that the majority of his teammates will come to his support and will not allow things like that to be tolerated anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, look, people say things sometimes, and a lot of friends don't correct their friends for how they speak. So now when you're around, you have to be way more aware. And I, that's not acceptable to begin with. But now you put more pressure on other people. You can't say stuff like that, man. That's not okay anymore. You're right, Key. We are in 2022. Unfortunately, a lot of people, their minds don't live in 2022. They live back in the day. And we find that more and more and more with the way we hear people talk in everyday society. Well, in everyday society, there are going to be issues. There's no question about it. I'm, I am more concentrating on the sport, the peers, the people playing against, the people who he's playing for. Mm-hmm. That is where the support comes from. Outside people, I, I mean – Yes, you're going to have your detractors. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, that's just I saw it with my own daughter growing up. So I, I get it. I understand it. I see it with my niece growing up. I get it. I understand it. I've seen it within my own household and my own family members. So I, I get it. Doesn't make it right. But eventually you've got to shake them to a core to get them to wake up to realize and see. And as I said to you earlier on the show, Alan, is that. People inside that locker room that play for the Raiders, and I'm not in the Raider locker room, they're 100% on board with whatever decisions he makes. And I can almost guarantee you, as Stephen Hay would say, he, he can guarantee it. I can almost guarantee you, if somebody on an opponent's team says something derogatory to him, 
that teammate on that opponent's team is going to take issue with his teammate. I can almost guarantee you that because the vast majority of those players all think the same. And you said something that I found interesting because him to him to make this video more than likely talk to his teammates first, do you think? Not necessarily even talk to or his some His teammates, or kind when of, you around somebody every single day, man, we know what the deal is. Yeah. We, I've, I've had teammates on my teams that lived a different path and decided to do different things, and I knew what they were doing. It's not my business. Whether it was drugs or their sexual orientation, had nothing to do with you still my dude. If you want to bring along, let's go. I'm, hey, man, we're going, to the, we're going to the steakhouse tonight. Y'all want to come? Cool. I, me and but, you, we ain't got no issues. Right, what matters is how much can, can you help me win? The only No, it's not even how much yeah. can you help me win because that becomes super selfish. It's do I like you and do I understand who you are? But, Key, you have such a level of maturity about you. Oh, really? And the way you, Thank you. <laughs> shocking, I know. Yeah. Um, but y- y- you do in the way you see this. And I-, I have that same thing. I have a lot of friends who are part of that community, and I love them. They're my family. Um, but that's not everybody. No, it's it, not, Jay. It's but not it's, everybody. But, it, but it's people like yourself and myself and the Derek Brookses that I played with of the world to get the ones that – don't understand to understand. It's not that big of a damn deal. I agree, I agree man. It's agree. like it really is not. And so it, it's it's news because it's the first NFL player, active NFL player, that has come out and said, hey, this is me. This is who I am. The first. Yes, there's been retired guys. There's been guys that tried to make the team. All of those sort of things. And a lot of it sometimes, too, has to do with the economics of where they're at in their career and how stable mm-hmm. they are. Yep. And, and Carl has a nice contract with the Raiders. And so he feels, I'm sure, very secure, and this only helps him. And for this Watch he become a better player than he is now. More, yeah, more at Watch. ease. Now, let me ask you this: He might be the first, but is there? Does he now like have other players that say, "All right, he did it." Now, eventually, I'm do it. you are yeah. eventually. Yeah, but you I don't. don't think oh, you don't it's, imagine it's just gonna. No, it's yeah. not gonna be. If you if you talk about like a floodgate all well, of a sudden, well, I mean, like I'm not trying know. to say that, but it it does it kind of other players watch and see the, you these sort of things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna the, these sort of things. Are very fluid and delicate mm-hmm. because it 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 it's a process. Okay, everything is as Carl said. He been he's it's been on his mind. Right, he's been wanting to push sin for a very long time. It's a process. Yeah, and he it did. takes time to get to this point where you feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm ready. It takes time. And the reaction to it so far has been positive, as you would expect, as we are, as Key said, in 2022. Coming up, where Brooklyn at after a second-round exit? We will discuss next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and ESPN News. So we're into the conference finals. We were expecting. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. To have the Brooklyn Nets there. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets were the favorite. And we're talking about, as we discussed yesterday, basically a, a, you know, a toe away from winning that game in Game 7 in dramatic fashion as KD hit a shot that his toe was on the three-point line at the end of regulation, turned into a two, and that forced overtime, and the Bucks end up winning in overtime, so they will play the Hawks instead of the Nets moving on. And it leads to questions, of course, about Brooklyn and where they go from here. We talked, we had Magic Johnson on the show yesterday, guys, and, and we had him for a while, and we did talk about the Nets and what they do from here. They have their big three, and Key, you said they can't go anywhere. Those guys locked in, right? Finish yeah. the job I mean, in Brooklyn. Uh, they can go somewhere if, in fact, the, the uh, general manager and, and Steve Nash, president of the team, all say, hey, you know, well, maybe we can move one. Maybe this doesn't fit, blah, blah, blah. But them leaving and opting out and contracts and leaving, no, no, they don't need to do that anymore. Right, right. They've already bid to two or three spots on their own mm-hmm. for the most part, right? And so you don't want to just keep chasing a ring with different crews. Stay in Brooklyn. If somebody wants to join you, great. If they decide to move a piece or two to get another piece, great. But to opt out to move, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Right. So it's the pieces around them then that have to improve. And Jay Magic had this to say about the Nets, their issues, and how they have to solve them. The problem with Brooklyn is this. They're going to need some really good role players. The ones they have now is not going to help them win a championship. So they got to get guys who – can really uh, fill a role and bring something to the table. That's the one thing I think Brooklyn has to trade for or sign this offseason, get some some role players that can uh, – a, a tough guy down low that can give them second shots. I thought Tucker shots. would be a great fit. So, P.J. Tucker, I thought, would have been a great fit. He ended up going to the Bucks instead, and that was a huge part of that series, of course, him Alan. defending Kevin Durant. But, Jay, like, what, what, what do the Alan. Nets need to do? Nothing. They need to do nothing. They need to get healthy. They don't need to make any trades. If, if there is a more um, aggressive big that you can find that gives you a little bit more, more versatility, then maybe. But there's really nothing they have to do. I mean, Blake Griffin played well. Joe Harris couldn't hit the side of a barn. It's, I actually really like their role players. I, I, I don't bet money on Joe Harris being as abysmal from the three-point line um, next year and in the playoffs. I, I don't really – this team, when they're healthy, will by far be the favorite. By far. They were going to beat Milwaukee with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So if you have James Harden and Kyrie, KD, you got guys like Nick Claxton, um, you got guys like Blake Griffin, you got guys like Jeff Green – 
who can space the floor, knock down shots from the outside. You got Joe Harris. Maybe you find a, a good backup, you know, guard. Uh, maybe you can, you know, upgrade a tad. Uh, considering even though Mike James played well at times, and Bruce Brown, I really like as a peace player. What else do you need? Well, it remains to be seen. Uh, clearly, health was what you said was what they need. Let's bring in Kerry Kittles, former Nets guard, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. And, and, and Kerry, you know, you, I don't know if you heard what Magic said there, but you obviously heard Jay's take on it as well. If we talk about before we even get into what we saw in this series, if you talk about going forward, what does Brooklyn need to do? What would you say they need? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I think Jay was right. I think they have all what it takes. Is He's right, absolutely right. Getting healthy is the number one thing for that team. Um, we know that if they're healthy, how how dominant they can be. They they show that in just a few – it's just a small sample size that we've seen this season. And don't forget, if they're going to keep Spencer Dinwiddie, another guy who can play with the ball in his hands and doesn't necessarily need hard to make a play for him. And if you, you don't have Kyrie in the lineup, if you don't have KD in the lineup, you have another playmaker with the ball. He's another explosive guy who averaged 20 a year ago. So I think they have all what it takes to get it done. They just have to figure out a way of, of just keeping the bodies healthy throughout the uh, regular season. Kerry, do you think uh, your backcourt between you and John Celestan, you guys would have gave us the business in college? <laughs> You're the reason there? I wanted to go to Villanova. I'm, just like, trying, I'm just trying to let you know, Kerry. You're the reason I wanted to go to Villanova. Well, I'm saying, me and Alvin, yeah, we would have given you guys a run for your money. <laughs> Alvin Williams, no doubt. That's right. Hey, I want to ask you, Joe Harris really struggled shooting the ball in the series, and obviously he signed a four-year, $75 million contract. What goes through your mind when you, you go through something like that at that stage of the playoffs. Yeah, that's a rough that's a rough way to end it for, you know, another phenomenal year for Joe Harris, right? I mean, he's leading the league in three point percentage again and, you know, shooting at a very high clip and just to have that that series where he shot so poorly, uh, man, I feel bad for him. I, I, I think the all season for him is gonna be a time to reflect on his mental strength. I think for him as a shooter he needs to figure out a way of making those key shots when you're under the gun. And the only way to do it is to go out next season and prove it, right? So, I mean, they can't trade him right now. He's under contract. I mean, they want to keep him because he actually really helps the superstars spread the floor when he's when he's hot. So, you know, just kind of figure out how to mentally be strong enough to get through that and push through the times when you don't see the ball going in. Are there other things you can maybe add to your game to take pressure off your three-point shot? Kerry, as you know, as you have success in any league and you win games and – there's coaches on your staff that have opportunities. There's a couple coaches on the net staff that have an opportunity to maybe move on. How many coaching changes do you see the Nets will have and who will be possibly gone <clears throat> off this coaching staff before the start of next season? Yeah, you're right. I, I, I think Dan Tone is definitely going to have some options. I mean, there's so many you know jobs open right now. And that's what you really want from an organization standpoint. You talk about building a culture. Right of where you want to, you know, you're going to see other teams purge their really good players. You're going to see teams purge their coaches. Right, we saw this for a long time going on with the Spurs, and then that's making the necessary adjustments. I think Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash really have a good take on what they really want to do. And if they lose a couple of coaches this offseason, they'll figure out how to find the right pieces to build what they already have. And Jay, Jay hit the nail on the head. They are building what, what all teams would desire to build, right? To have a franchise with three dominant players all in their prime who enjoy playing together. I mean, this is what you really want to see from an organization that's trying to build a championship culture. They have all what it takes 
losing a couple of coaches or maybe a player or two won't really hurt you when you have that core together. That's the foundation, right? You start with that. If you have a foundation like that, it really just depends on how you build around it. But and they're going to attract like more that. players. They're going to attract. That's everyone's going to want to go to Brooklyn now and play or be a part of that franchise, and that's that's a great thing you want to have when you own that franchise and when you're a part of it. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, no doubt about it. Kerry, thanks again for joining us on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Kerry Kittles, again, he would know. Played in New Jersey with the Nets, went to the finals. But that's going to be the most important thing to see going forward. The key is they have the foundation. How they build around that now or continue to, well, that will be remain, remains to be seen. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, they have a foundation as well with two players. But one might be – it might be time for him to go. So what would be the best landing spot for Ben Simmons? What we come up with might surprise you. That will be next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Beginning, and we have Jay's Round Ball Rankings brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Jay, take it away. Okay. Number five. This is if I were Ben Simmons. I am crazy. I do crazy things. I'm crazy competitive. This is if I were Ben Simmons. I'm not saying it's going to work out economically. There's fair fair trade value. I'm just saying here are my destinations. If I were Ben Simmons, where I would like to go. Number five, Portland. If that is with CJ going somewhere else, to be able to have him at the dunk spot at four, plus defensively, I could bring a different dynamic to Portland because they rank 29th defensively. If I had played at the four spot with Nurkic, with Covington, with Norman Powell, and with Dame Lillard, I like the way that team looks in the West. I like the way we're built. Now we have to figure out who our head coach is going to be. It's probably going to be Chauncey Billups. I feel like we're in a good situation in the West to be, to build Dame and Ben Simmons on the same squad together. That's where I'll go number five. Let's go number four. Okay. Number four. Number four, the Brooklyn Nets. Why not? Why not? 
They need somebody with some tenacity defensively. Could they afford it? I'm not sure. Once again, I don't know how the numbers work out economically. I would just love to play next to Kevin Durant. I would love to play next to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I would love to play next to James Harden. I could just do my job, defend, and not have all these crazy expectations and just be a player that comes in, does the dirty work, and really can be a supercharged Draymond Green. It's that simple when multiple championships, people can hate on me, but you know what? I'm going to have the bag and I'm going to have a lot of rings. That would be number three on my list. Next up. Number three. Sorry, I was number four. You got it. Number three. <laughs> Jeez, wake up. Come You're on. fine, Keyshawn. Worry about yourself, Kay. <laughs> anyway, Denver. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, because I could play alongside Jamal Murray. I could play alongside Jokic, or as Evan Wilner, our producer, likes to call him, the Eggman. His ability to pass the plays that they can make. Yeah, I know. It's a horrible nickname, but I keep, I keep utilizing it anyway just to make it worse for Evan. But I like the way that Denver is built. Look, you mark this down. Denver will be close to the Western Conference Finals next year. They will probably be in the Western Conference Finals if they can stay healthy. Will Barton, you think about the pieces that they have. Aaron Gordon could just be Aaron Gordon. And Michael Porter Jr., if they can remain healthy, that lineup, if Ben Simmons were to want to be there, I would really love to see that way plays out. Next up. Number two. The Clippers. Yes. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Ben Simmons on the same team with the head coaching experience of Ty Lue. I, look, talk about wing defenders. Talk about grit. Talk about a team that's not afraid of being in your face and challenging every step of the way. Are there other pieces that you could surround those core with? Yes, but Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard to claw together with Paul George. You're seeing Paul George without Kawhi right now. Paul George can be the number one option. If Paul George plays that way with Kawhi, and then you have Ben Simmons as a facilitator for a team that needs a point guard, that's going to be problems for a lot of people. Next up, and the most important one. Number one. I'm crazy, y'all. I told you. Philadelphia. What? I don't care what anybody says. You know why? Because I'm not going to let it in like that in Philly. I'm not, not going to let... Joel Embiid, throw me under the bus. I'm not going to let my coach question whether I can be the point guard of a leading franchise. A lot of people have questioned my ability to lead this team, but I told you all, I'm crazy. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to lead us to a championship. Philly fans probably not like it, but they will love it when I win them a world championship because I have something to prove, and I want people to know that, yeah, I didn't show up in the Eastern Conference semifinals. I didn't shoot the ball when I needed to shoot the ball. I didn't... I wasn't aggressive. I didn't lead our team. Defensively, Trey Young did get the best of me. But you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to look everybody in the face and be like, I am that dude. And my play is going to show you that I am that dude. I'm crazy, but if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm not leaving Philly. I'm owning Philly. And I do that by my play in the offseason. Call me crazy, Allen. I don't care. I'm owning Philadelphia. It's not crazy for him to want to do that and prove himself there there's no doubt about that but it might be crazy for him to believe that they'd want to stick with him kjz presented by progressive insurance one team though jay i noticed you were missing would be the lakers you know clippers you mentioned yeah, la we'll you. you know key has talked about the Lakers, or, or maybe as i, I need to get to everybody this. to the Lakers. yeah it's now. true or maybe you jay, know what we you still play call, we'll take you we need to call them <laughs> maybe we need to call them the clakers huh you see this what? quote yeah, I, I, we saw, I saw a hat. I saw a hat someone make on uh, social media. They, there's a hat that they're selling in L.A. It's a half Clipper logo, half Laker logo. Don't make any sense to me at all. 
right? But that's what they're saying. And Ty Lue said this. Now, remember, Ty Lue originally drafted by Denver, but they trade on draft night, Nick Van Exel trade. Ty Lue was part of that deal. All right, so he was an original Laker, coaching now the Clippers, and he said this. Team has been starving for success. Fan base doing the same. I know the Lakers are out there, and there's a lot of Lakers fans here, but once the Lakers are gone, if we're not playing the Lakers, you should be cheering for the Clippers. It's all one city. Key? Yeah, Ty are you Lue, a Clakers Ty, fan? Ty, Ty Lue bumped his head is, is, ever since he <laughs> fell on the ground when Iverson stepped over him, if he Wait. think that. I mean, he still got that same – something's going on up there. I, I've never I've, – that's the one thing about cities that have two – Two teams. I know nobody root for no like, damn like, Clippers. Like, that's no Laker fan. No Laker fan would ever just say, well, at least it's L.A. You said that to me about New York and the Nets. Well, I it's New say, York. I didn't say root for them. I just said at least it's New York. At least it's L.A. I'm not rooting for them. I root for North Carolina. If Duke gets dropped out of the tournament, I want to see North wait, Carolina wait, win wait, a chip. Jay, you what? Yeah. I root for ACC teams. No, I, I root for my team in my backyard if we get dropped out early. Uh, I, I root that, for that, everybody That gives us more of a advantage. Our conference produced a champion. Uh, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand for everybody that. in the Pac-12 except UCLA. So you're yeah, not going to say UCLA. the city of L.A. doesn't just become champions with the Dodgers and no, the Clippers? No, we good, man. They, you don't they, own that? You just no. Dodgers, La- Dodgers, Lakers, Raiders. Stop, man. Cowboys, I USC. I never understood that. Everything else, they the can keep the Angels. The they can keep all that. The Chargers, the they keep all that. It's against Tom Brady and the Patriots keep because all. the hell oh, with you that. For the next, next Kobe, you can book it. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.